1: And a happy Friday afternoon. It is the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. The phone number is 547 1610. Email 610 The Bottom line page, your name where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter at Bottom Line 610 and on Parlor at The Bottom Line 610. Rob and Ed hanging with you. And want to welcome to the program representing the 8th Legislative District. Representative Matt Benke, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you?
2: Doing great.
1: Good afternoon to you and Ed as well. Hope you guys are doing well. We are, sir. Hope you are also. Uh, let's start off first and foremost talking about our current situation here in Benton and Franklin County, uh, as far as COVID nineteen and the fact that the applications for both counties on pause right now is, as the numbers. Uh, not necessarily trending in, in our direction. Earlier today, it was announced that King County is moving into Phase 2. Um, so, Matt, talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the things that go into the determining process. We know there's data that's involved. And also, what do we need to do um, as individuals? What do we need to do as business owners? What do we need to do on a Because we talk about personal accountability all the time. It's some of the things that that a lot of people believe in. What do we need to do on a personal accountability level to try and get us forward?
2: Yes, sir. And I appreciate the question. I just want to first thank each and every one of us for being patient and then supporting us throughout this whole COVID process. Uh, Our personal accountability is a big deal. You're right. Our numbers are not where we want it to be. We still need to reemphasize. And as an elected leader, we're on several phone calls about how do we go ahead, and support wearing of mask when we're out in public, to limit our traveling, to limit our exposure so we don't bring that back to our communities and our counties so our numbers continue to go up. I know one piece a lot of people are seeing is the active push to have more test kits. We do have two available at the track as well as the Tri-City Convention Center so people can go get tested. We can see what those are. Those will drive up initial numbers, but we still need to practice those self those personal accountability items that you mentioned, especially
1: wearing masks. Now, we're talking with Representative Matt Benke from the 8th Legislative District here on the bottom line. Now, looking at the numbers um, on the, the state DUH website, they give numbers of total amount of tests, and so does BFHD. In the two counties up to this point in time, before the driving testing began on Wednesday, we had a total of 11,000 tests that were administered between both counties. Um, any information as to why, in three months, we had such a limited supply of tests? Were they distributed by the state based on population? Were they distributed by uh, by the amount of uh, of cases and and the you know the feared uh, amount of breakouts? Uh, how is it that after that, that since March and we'll, we won't even go to January, we'll go to March when the when the stay at home order was put in place? That we've only been able to do eleven thousand tests in the in these two counties.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it was set up when we were talking to Dr. Weisman back in March and how things were going toward. It was going to critical areas we call hotspots that we saw when zones started popping up. And as everybody's seen, Yakima has been one of those zones for a while now. It continues to be a hotspot. King County has always been a hotspot, along with now we've moved into that when we actually had an issue with the uh, Lamb West site, as well as uh, Tyson Foods, a couple in our area, we had additional supplies during those times. We kind of surged, and then it went to other capability, other areas that actually had higher numbers. And that's what you're seeing. Now we have the critical resources we can get to. Allow us to get to these numbers and understand where we're at and, and where the resources are. Right now, we don't have any problems with these resources, and we want to encourage other people, get out and get tested and continue to wear your mask
1: and and that's a big thing in this map because we know that that has been a that's been a point of contention for a lot of people is is the masks and there are people that that don't buy into it there are people that that wear them on a regular basis um you know this 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 has to stop being an ideological discussion about wearing a mask. It has to get to a point that where we are is it's not because so and so is asking us to do it, it's because it's the only way that we're going to start moving forward is if our our local businesses encourage it, we take it upon ourselves to do it. I mean, what the data you've seen in other counties, let me put it this way. The data you've seen in other counties that have been able to bring down the ratio is there anything in particular is being attributed to? Is it being attributed to people wearing masks? Is it being attributed to higher test counts? Is it being attributed? How are we getting data from other counties that have moved into Phase 2 and even Phase 3 as to how they've managed to 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 move things downward?
2: Yeah, a lot of it is that personal accountability, keeping the mask on there. But you're right, it's getting to that area of having the capacity of doing the test, allowing us a, a throughput where we can get at but we understand where people are who have the test and then come back positive and then what we can do within that. And that's what we're seeing, some of the positive ideas of ensuring when we see these, we can understand where the problem is, we can isolate it, we can get it out of our normal community area, and we can isolate that from ever expanding forward. And I believe that's the way we attribute to this. That's the way we drive our numbers down and keep them down as well.
1: We're talking with Representative Matt Benke from the 8th Legislative District here on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. So, Matt, one of the other things we wanted to chat with you about is that you were asked uh, to be a speaker tomorrow at the Back to Blue rally that was going to take place at the Kennewick Police Department tomorrow from noon until 2. Earlier today, uh, the organizers of that rally decided that they were going to cancel it uh, due to what they said were threats that were leveled in their direction uh, from other groups in the area regarding that planned protest. Um, what are your thoughts on the cancellation of tomorrow's Back the Blue rally, and what, are, what, what do you take out of it as a whole?
2: And I appreciate the question, because there's a lot of stuff going on around the uh, Internet, my Facebook page, other pages, things out there. Um, I spoke with Chief Holmberg, as well as a couple other area law enforcement representatives and leaders in our law enforcement community, uh, expressing concerns about uh, sensitivity to Juneteenth. Uh, a lot of the Black Lives Matter uh, ideas that are out there and have been approached to make sure we're sensitive to individuals' understanding of what this weekend means in the black culture. Uh, I have personally have friends of mine who I've graduated with who have uh different opinions of mine and others that want to express them and i have reached out to them and offer this to every one of the listeners to ensure that we're expressing the right opinion for our community as a whole um as i ran for this office you know i was in the military we fought to defend the constitution that allowed us and like the declaration of independence and we know that we have uh all men are created equal and have these unalienable rights that we support and defend the constitution uh, and my job is to ensure we support and defend the Constitution, allows everybody the legal rights to protest, but not have riots. And in my speech, and part of what I wanted to get across was we need to build bridges, we need to reach out, we need to do our part to understand what that sensitivity of other people is and how they view what is going on, to air these ideas in a simple way, to listen to others who may think on the opposite side of the spectrum from us, but actually to reach out to the community to understand that we are all in this together. And we may have different views, but we want to support a safe local community. We want to support areas we can get back to work, whether it's COVID or, you know, income issues or things that are hitting us. We can get through this and we can all get through this together.
1: We're talking with Representative Matt Bankey here on the Bottom Line News Radio six ten K a
3: Representative Bankey, uh, you mentioned uh, wanting to build bridges and bringing people together, uh, you know, around the table and talk. And and I think most people would agree that that's the best way to uh, have any kind of movement on this on this issue. But there's also a segment uh, within uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, whether it's nationally and even locally that doesn't seem to have much interest in doing it. They want to, they want to uh, let their voice be heard, and, and that's about it. So what can we do as a community to give them their constitutional right to do that without infringing on other people's rights that may be different than theirs?
2: Well, that's where I appreciate the question, Ed. That's where we get back to. We understand we need to protect all lives and all lives do matter, and I understand individuals may think that's offensive to some or to different ways. We understand that black lives matter. We understand that different movements do matter, but when certain movements are being hijacked, and I believe some are, we've seen that in Seattle, we've seen it in Portland, we've seen it in New York and other places, and even Atlanta now that's going on. Some of those have been taken and actually taken over by malicious groups that want to burn down our buildings, we want to burn property, we want to destroy what is our America and our economy. And that's not, I believe, the originator of these protests and of these movements' ideas of actually getting out that message. These other individuals who have those malicious ideas are trying to infiltrate some of these protest movements, frankly, and then take those and, and move them in their own direction. And I believe that's what's harmful, and that's where we need to understand and educate ourselves We need to take a pause to understand when an incident does occur, we need to see all the facts before we make any determination. Remember that we all are innocent until proven guilty during any kind of actions that are going on. It was horrific what we saw to George Floyd and other individuals that have happened to police brutality. And those people, frankly, to be clear, they will be disciplined. They will be disciplined for sure. And they already currently are going through that prosecution. And that will happen in our county and our state as well. And we should all be profound in about solidifying and centralizing about that voice. But we should also understand that people do have a right to protest. They have a right to voice surfing. Every voice does matter. But so we need to do it in a civil way. We need to do it understanding that to where we can support our law enforcement as well.
3: Well, I think we all agree that all voices matter. Uh, but, Representative Banky, there's people that – had planned to voice their support for local police tomorrow who are probably disappointed and maybe even angry that they have been shut up in that discussion. What's your message to them?
2: Uh, My message to them is there will be a time and a place that we understand when that time and place should be. I don't believe it's really canceling this. It's kind of rescheduling for a better time and a place. And what I say that is, Uh, It gives people who have been uh, organizers of this movement as well as several others, and I believe the right way to do this would be to gather both and to get everybody in a room and to discuss the issues, the air of these ideas, and to do it in a way to where we can synchronize effort to where we do bring community together. We build those bridges we talk about and open up different lines of communication. I know uh, your cohort right there uh, understands that, I'm a part of an effort in the Tri-Cities of a civility caucus, and it's a way that we can bring people who are on every different part of our spectrums to understand what the political idea is and just an open conversation of what we have. We're not going to agree on everything, and we got that. We're not going to try to move people to one way or the other, but it's just a matter of my ultimate understanding rule is we we need to listen more. And part of communication, I believe, is people – are too quick on the button on their keyboards they're too quick to their thumbs on texting and, and updating Facebook and the social media, they take emotional into that. And I try to get back to replying to them is calm down, turn off the TV sometimes, let's get out and get in the fresh air, relax, and then really take it upon ourselves to understand the facts before we hit send or before we overreact in a response that we may regret later.
1: Representative Matt Benke from the 8th Legislative District. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Be safe and be well out there, sir.
2: You too, guys. I appreciate all the help. And again, anything I can do to help out to get the word out about our mask and anything else with our COVID response. I appreciate each and every one of you guys doing this and your listeners and supporting us. Stay patient. We want to get out of this as soon as possible. Be safe. Be well.
1: Representative Matt Bankey from the 8th Legislative District. We're going to take a quick timeout come back with more the bottom line news radio 610 kona uh discuss a little bit about well what was supposed to take place tomorrow what wasn't and some of the things that have been thrown around regarding it
0: now, back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the legendscasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610.
1: Back at on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. 547 1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. And thanks to this caller who's been patiently on hold. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
4: Uh, Paul from a rooftop. What's up, Paul? Hey, uh, just uh, that, so did I hear the the eighth representative, Matt, or whatever his name was correctly, that in just our area that we've had 11,000 tests?
1: Benton and Franklin counties combined okay. are right around 11,000 tests, slightly over. And
4: where we sit at normally, we're like, what, almost, how many people are down here? Close to two, three? 300,000 okay. roughly combined. So there's your, like, I don't, I don't know what else to tell people. And from the district or the health department, if they're wondering why there's so much pushback, from everybody. That is right there is your answer. I mean, he answered it himself. That's pretty obvious. You have 11,000 tests and you're holding everybody back. Mind you, I get we've had cases. I get what's going on. I don't believe it to be fake. I believe it to be a real thing. But we have 11,000 tests done in the Tri-Cities and they're trying to keep everybody shut down and locked home still. And they wonder why there's pushback. To me, it seems blatantly obvious. You have 11,000 tests with 300,000 people. What's, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I, mean, I do, yeah. And then my other one was, it seems a little frustrating that we're allowing, you know, the people that protect us and, uh, and a demonstration to protect that, to, to let people know in our community, hey, we do support you guys. I don't think I've really heard any bad things go off or being said about the Black Lives Matters around our area, but it seems like they're getting hijacked. Like, the people that want to tell the police thank you are getting hijacked by, I don't know, the best way I can think to say it, it's almost terrorists threatening us, I mean, but that's okay. It's okay for that. It, it seems real odd to me. It's real upsetting. Real bothersome. Thanks for, the- for what happened. Like you know, everybody protesting about that stuff. I don't think it. I don't think there's anybody in America that thinks what happened to that gentleman was okay. But we're just going to allow us to get hijacked by. I don't really. I don't know what other word to use besides some sorts of almost terrorists. So thanks, guys.
1: Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Going back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line news radio six ten KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
5: Uh, Gary from Kennewick.
1: What's on your mind, Gary? Uh,
5: I wanted to make some comments about the uh, the protests that occurred uh, here or have occurred here in the uh, Tri City area. I, I uh, went to two of these. One of them one was at Win- Winco, and the other across from Columbia Center Mall. And what I wanted to try to do was to Engage uh, these uh, students and it looks like ninety percent of them were either high school or college age to try to explain what their sign actually represented and what and what evidence they had to substantiate it that the police in the United States were guilty of systematic racism and uh, one of the things that I immediately discovered was that If you're trying to promote a point of view, one thing you would do is to have literature to hand out to give to people that don't automatically agree with you. There was no literature given out whatsoever, and they couldn't uh, make uh, an argument that they could sustain against all the research that's been done on this issue to validate their position. So, what you have here is, I think, uh, this, this no- notion of hijacking, I think, is a little oversimplistic, is what you have, and this has been going on for years, is you have a hardline revolutionary Marxist group uh, that has capitalized on this particular issue, and the people that uh, are protesting are simply uh, serving as an enabler to promote that particular agenda. How many of them are knowledgeable enough to to have the information about the nature and purposes and goals of this movement is, is, uh, of course, an interesting question to speculate about.
1: Thanks for the call, Gary. We appreciate it. Man definitely dug in, did his research, that's for sure. No doubt. Absolutely. So we appreciate you taking the time to
3: give us a call. I'll say really quick, uh, Gary's notion about turning, you know, having literature, that's what they did in the 60s and even in the 70s during various protests. Um, this is just a different generation now. It's, it's um, they, they don't do that. So well, no, it's, it's it's for right or wrong. I mean, I'm not taking a side, but they just you you don't see that anywhere for any protest. Five four seven one six ten is the number. Five zero nine five four seven one six ten. Take a time out. Come back with more of the show after this. Hook
0: up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottomline six ten. Now back to the show presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser.
1: Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. The number is 547-1610. And we've got a couple of callers patiently waiting on hold. You're up on the program. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
6: My name's Chris. I'm calling from the rooftop also.
1: What's on your mind, Chris?
6: Hey, listen. Um, you know, that was some good information that Matt from the 8th District gave. You know, and boy, loyal oh boy. When I think about Martin Luther King's speech, I have a dream you know, it's really unfortunate because I'm kind of an old guy, you know, and I was around when that speech was given and he was assassinated and the tensions then and we didn't learn much, did we? You know, and now you throw COVID-19 in there and, you know, now you can under, I hope you can kind of understand some of the animosity like people like me have when we talk about the importance of protesting and seems to me that putting the food on the table and worrying about if you got money in your paycheck next week or if you can keep the lights on or the water running, that there's just really no, I mean, wow, COVID-19, I get it. We should all be wearing our masks, but sometimes I resent, you know, being lectured that it's my fault and I'm not doing my part when we are. So anyway, that's where I stand. Thanks for listening.
1: You got it, Chris. Thanks for the call. And and I don't think anybody intends to make it sound like a lecture, Chris. I, I don't. I think it's probably coming more from a place of desperation at this point. Um, that there are there are many business owners around here. There are many um, people who are still on unemployment around here. Who. We, we look at our situation. We look at where we were three months ago. We look at where we are now. And I think there's a lot of people throwing their hands up in the air and saying, What, what is left for us to do? What, 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 else, what else can we do to try and turn this thing around? What else can we do to try and slow this here? Um, you know, now look, we can't. This, and this is, this is one of the things that comes with living in a free society. We can only control what we do. We can't control what other people do. We could try. We could try through talking to people civilly. We could try through education. We could try through a number of different ways. But we can't control and dictate what other people do in a free society with the exception of law. And I don't think any of the city councils and I don't think the county commissions want to turn around and go that road to say, like some other areas have done, you must wear a face mask outside of your house. You must wear a mask outside of your house. They're still putting the faith in people around here, but, but it's the only thing left, Chris. It's really the only thing left that we, and, and it's not saying not saying you, not saying any individual. We know there's people out there that wear them. We know there's people that, that are out there that aren't wearing them. And for all those people that are, great. For all those people that aren't, give it a shot for a couple of weeks. Even just when you go into a store, if you go in to buy food, if you go in to buy, you know, give it a shot for a couple of weeks and let's see what we can do to turn this thing around and get our businesses open and get our economy up and running again. You're up in the bottom line, news radio 610-KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
7: Uh, it's Dave from Kenwood.
1: What's up, Dave?
7: i um, a little frustrated. Yeah. Um... Little concerned about um, the efforts of these protests or uh, rallies, maybe being a little misguided. I got to be careful about what I say because I don't want to come across the wrong way. But um, I've been finding that uh, that some of these items that are trying to be made have stances made on, like uh, for example, this the latest thing, um, Juneteenth. Um, I've kind of been asking around for the last couple of days of people, you know, with their knowledge of, uh, the history of what Juneteenth, June 19th is all about. And to be honest with you, I'm finding about 10% of the people actually know what it is. Um, yet you have a large group of people that are trying to use it, prop it up as, um, something that's being ignored. I don't think that it's being ignored. I just think there's a large ignorance to it because a lot of things in American history, and it is part of American history, it's a great thing for the Republican Party. Um, it's just not taught. People just don't know what it is. And it's really discouraging to see people rallying and protesting on things that they really don't even know what the truth behind it is. That's my frustration. Thank you.
1: Thanks for the call, Chris. And look, until and you know, there's 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 a few people out there on social media talking about making this a national holiday. over the last couple of years, it's it's become more in the public view than it was before that. The first time I heard of Juneteenth was a couple of years ago, because it was primarily recognized in the state of Texas. Now, in the black community, it's been celebrated around the country in different ways in different areas, but as far as a recognized celebration, I think Texas was was the first one or the only one for a while that actually recognized it because Juneteenth is when Texas abolished slavery and that was the last state, I believe, in the United States to abolish slavery because the way the story went, the Emancipation Proclamation took a couple of years to get to Texas for some reason. And so um, Texas wound up, I believe, being the last
3: state to abolish slavery in the Union. Yes. Um, so That's why it's, it's marked, you know, right. because it's complete, the complete end yes, of slavery. the
1: complete end of slavery in the United States. Do we look at that as a national holiday? I think it's a conversation worth having. I think we can look at it in that regard. Um, you know, you are celebrating the end of something that was um, well; it was abhorrent. You know, we have Holocaust Remembrance Day. We have a number of other we have we have we have a lot of days that we look back on. So, you know, having that discussion is a fair discussion. But at the same time, what I don't think is fair is associating a rally to show support with police officers as being some type of insult to Juneteenth, because to me that says that the police department, particularly the ones, particularly the one in Kennewick, because that's what the rally was there for, um, is, is along the lines of groups that would be uh, extremely offensive to minorities. And when I talk about groups like that, I'm talking about, Groups that are racist in every aspect of their being. So to me, it sends a message saying that, well, this is insensitive to Juneteenth. So the inference then is that the police department is a racist entity um, that exists only to, in this case, because it was um, people with the BLM movement that were upset that, that they are particularly oppressive and they are racist towards blacks. And I don't know how many people know, but the Kennewick Police Department does have a bit of diversity to it. So I guess the black officers and the Hispanic officers they're racist too. Is 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 that the inference? That that just because you wear a blue uniform means that all of a sudden you're a white supremacist? Is that is that what it means? I I, I don't know. I, and, and quite honestly, um it, it is a little bit it's a little bit disappointing that um that people who have been allowed for weeks to get their message out and without interruption and without confrontation at the first sign that there is something to support something they don't agree with uh, decide that that can't happen because it's not our message and and you can't have a voice against our message and uh, nobody went and counter protested them but you can't have a different opinion right now, apparently. And that's 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 not trying to come to a consensus. That's what they think are called bullying tactics. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio six ten K one A. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
7: Hey guys, this is Dave again. I'm sorry. I just I wasn't finished, apparently. I still gotta get this off my chest. Um, the reason why Texas took so long two years, as a matter of fact, is because the Democrat Party was keeping it from them and that's that's the fact but that's not what's being talked about um, you would think if you're a conservative or Republican it was your your was the problem with the with the slavery but the truth is just not coming out that if it wasn't for the Republicans the Republican Party that was led by Abraham Lincoln who is getting an awful lot of flat today for some reason If it wasn't for them, slavery would have never ended two years after the Emancipation. Sorry for my rambling, but I just had to get it off my chest. Thank you.
3: (laughs) No, no apology needed. That's, uh, you know, the, the show is is designed just for that. In fact, let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Nope, oh, they didn't want to hang with us. Five four seven one six ten is the number. Before we go to break, um, I want to read an email that we got from Carla in Richland. And it goes to what we've been talking about. Uh Carla writes I had a lady try to bully me in my own yard for flying the thin blue line flag. She was very angry and told me that she had seen white supremacists use that flag. She didn't even know what the flag was. I politely informed her about the flag and said, we support our local police and sheriffs. So she then proceeded to tell me that she didn't trust them. I told her not all police are bad and our local ones are all good guys and gals. She had no answer for that. So she yelled at me, Black Lives Matter. I said, all lives matter. And she walked away. Let's take some more calls before the break. Now they're coming in. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
8: Um, Sandy. Um, years ago, they used to, every year, they had Juneteenth pageant where they gave an award to only black women, and they did a pageant, and they got scholarships and everything else. So part of the problem that if you didn't pay attention in history is the Tri-City Herald never said that it that Juneteenth was about ending slavery. It was always only about giving those black girls scholarships and a stage where no other race was allowed.
3: Appreciate the call, Sandy. Let's go to this line. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
8: Yeah, this is Roy in Richland. Hi, Roy. What's up? Well, I'm kind of late in the conversation, but I've heard a couple of people talking about how Black Lives Matters when they voice their opinion, that's all that matters to them. But when another organization wants to come in and do a pro rally, such with uh, police, which I'm totally in support of and also very supportive of All Lives Matter, that they want them to, you know, they don't want them to be heard at all. It doesn't seem right to me that if they want people to get, understand their message, why are they doing this? And especially when they're using a tactic, from my understanding, as they said on their webpage, if I believe it's true, don't bring your children. That doesn't make sense to me. To me, that looks like something that is something's going to go on. Are they planning on something to happen? But again, as stated, they want us The Black Lives Matter wants us to understand their message, but they want to make sure that everybody else is quiet around them. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I, thank you for
3: letting me speak. You bet, right? Thanks for the call, Roy. Just a, a I don't want to even call it a clarification. Another piece to this discussion and I want to be perfectly fair, you can take it however you want, is that the local Black Lives Matter movement, Their what they say was their biggest issue was that there were a lot of Juneteenth celebrations that were going to take place today and tomorrow. And they felt that by having the Blue Lives Matter uh, uh, rally tomorrow that they would be drowning out the, 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 uh, the Juneteenth celebrations. They even noted that a lot there were, next weekend, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend is when a lot of Blue Lives Matter uh, rallies are going to take place. And they, you know, they argued that the Blue Lives Matter people could move it to the next weekend so that they're saying, again, take it for what it's worth. They're saying that it sounds like their biggest problem was the timing of the rally. Again, take it for what it's worth. Got to take a time out. We're way behind. We'll get caught up. Don't worry. We'll take more of your calls. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. If you'd like to email us too, it's easy. Go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment.
0: Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser.
1: Bottom line news radio 610-KONA. CBD American Shaman on Clearwater across from the Great Elevator in Kennewick has your remedy for an extra level of protection against COVID-19. Stop by, talk to them about their sanitizing wash, their sanitizing gel, and how you can get some of that absolutely free. You can use the gel in your hands, the wash on surfaces. It's made with hypochlorous acid, which is a weak, naturally occurring acid. No bleach, no chemicals, no alcohol just bacteria and virus protection with hypochlorous acid and water at CBD American Shaman. And for a limited time, stop by and talk to them about the limited supply of free CBD infused drinks that they have as well. CBD American Shaman
3: across from the great elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
9: Now, this is Bob. I'm, uh, on the highway, North of Pasco headed for Clotus. And, uh, it looks to me like the, the DACA kids, if they were educated here, I know when I went to school here, uh, by the time we finished eighth, eighth grade, you had to be qualified to go in and take the, nor- the nationalization test. And I would think if they went to school here since they were two or three years old, uh, I don't know why they can't do that instead of just being
3: said you're a citizen. Why can't they go take the test? Appreciate the call. It's a you know, good question. I will say this, though. Um, the, what And we mentioned this a little bit yesterday, too, Rob, is what things are covered in school are different than even when you and I went to school. Um, history is not as widely spread or taught as widely uh, across the country. Um, than it used to be, and some of it, unfortunately, has become slanted. And history shouldn't be slanted. History is a fact. Um, you know, and, and if if people, if those that create those textbooks would just present the facts, even if they're unpleasant for people to absorb, I, I think that's okay. I, I, I do. Let's go back to the phones. Time for one more caller this hour. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
6: Hi, guys. It's
8: Joe. I'm in Kennewick.
3: Hi, Joe. What's up?
8: So Two things. To answer that guy's question, they can't go take that test simply for one reason. They're not, legal in, they're not legally in the country. They, had, they would have to show their legal status in the country. They're immigration acceptance status in the country which they can't show so until they change that law daca doesn't provide that so until they change that law they can't go take the test and secondly um tomorrow you guys know that they're having a rally in support of the police here in kennewick and i would like to have as many people come out there and support the police as possibly can get there to show the people that, those guys that you know we're here we're you. We think you guys do a great job, regardless of what the national media says. Well, Joe, that rally was canceled. Well, that, of course. Of course. Why is it canceled? Uh,
1: Apparently, the organizers, after um, saying that they had received some threatening messages, decided in the best interest of public safety
3: to cancel the rally tomorrow and revisit it for another date. Appreciate the call, Joe. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You can email us, too, by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, straight ahead. Stay with us.